Welcome to the Vault Studios Fantasy Football Podcast, your one-stop shop for all fantasy football info. Here are your hosts. Welcome to the Vault Studio Fantasy Football Podcast, and we have made it to week three. I'm your host, Lewis Glover. I'm joined, as always, by Corey out there in Perth. How you doing, man? I'm good. Uh, can't, it's week three. It's week three already. Um, hopefully, everyone started out 2-0. and <laughs> Chances of that happening, probably not very good. But um, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, it's been an interesting first couple of weeks. Yeah, it really has. And I think a lot of people had victories turned into losses or losses turned into victories with Aaron Jones's insane Monday night football performance. Or, you know, maybe they got Derek Henryd on Sunday. There was a few monstrous performances in week two. I actually saw one roster posted and a guy went up against Derek Henry, Aaron Jones and Cooper Cup in the same lineup. <laughs> I was just like, just quit. Forget about it. There's just, there's nothing you can do at that point. Uh, just unrivaled dominance in, in that particular matchup. Definitely. Um, and some people have like, you know, the opposite of that as well. So, you know, some, some teams were scraping to get to 100 points in, most, in a lot of leagues. Yeah, there were some some rough performances from typically, you know, players you can rely on. Even Tyreek Hill had a Tyreek Hill had a bust game in a in a in a high scoring affair against against the Ravens. So there was a few instances like that. But nonetheless, we move on to week three, and as with last week, we're going to be reviewing uh, quickly, taking the key takeaways from every matchup in week two, and turning that into a little bit of actionable information for you moving forward into week three and potentially beyond. But before we dive into that, there's a little bit of injury news we need to take care of. First of all, if you play running back for the San Francisco 49ers, you might have the most (laughs) dangerous job in all of America because seemingly they just cannot stay fit. Now, Jermichael Hastie's gone down, joining uh, Raheem Mostert, joining Jeff Wilson, joining... uh, who else? Trey, Sermon. <laughs> Trey Sermon's got a concussion. Like it's a mess. Trenton Cannon's been signed. They brought in Jacques Patrick from FSU, got to represent the Florida State running back there, who was had some success in the XFL last season. It's really thin. But if you blew your wad, your fab wad in week two, or used your waiver wire position on Elijah Mitchell, you're in luck because seemingly he is going to be the lead back moving forward, and seems like he's going to be healthy as well. Corey, did you get any shares of Elijah Mitchell? I did, and I immediately traded him <laughs> for Jamal Williams. So. Great move. That's Yeah, I love that. <laughs> yeah, I think um, – and I did I did spend – I had to spend a pretty penny on him. So, But at the end of the day, I just think I just upgraded slightly, even if it's a little bit – I don't have to worry about, you know – I know that Swift's there. I know that going in. And like I just yeah, it was just kind of a, a move where I won the for sure asset, I guess, going forward. Yeah, I don't hate that move at all. I was in one dynasty league and I was furious because I'm quite needy at running back, even though I've got a very strong team elsewhere. And I put in a bid over well over half of my 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 fab and just got pipped to the post. And the guy who picked him up then immediately traded him for two future second round picks. So oh, nice. I was I was pretty pissed that my fab bid didn't get him but that's a great piece of strategy if you're in the dynasty league and you're able to turn fab into future picks just from one waiver wire transaction that's absolutely a move that we uh, we support here on the uh, on the vault <laughs> studio because yeah the picks are worth considerably more 
Um, Jarvis Landry has gone to IR, which means he's going to miss at least three games. We think at this point, given the nature of the injury, it's an MCL sprain. It's probably only going to be three weeks. We also know that Jarvis Landry is a gamer. He's only missed one game in his career, which was due to um, contact tracing last year for COVID. He's never missed a game for injury. He's tough as they come. If he can go, he will be out there. But in the meantime, it looks like OBJ could be ready to go in week three. And then we also have the likes of Anthony Swartz, Donovan Peoples-Jones, Rashad Higgins, uh, Austin Hooper. Is there anyone outside of Odell Beckham in this Bronco, uh, excuse me, Browns receiving group that you're interested in playing in the absence of Jarvis Landry? Playing? No, I guess. Felton looked like an interesting guy last week. Um, kind of a bit of a do-it-all Swiss Army knife kind of guy. Yeah, and look, I mean... The receivers only had seven targets last game. Like, if OBJ is playing, he's going to get peppered with work. Um, so, I guess it's kind of a buy low moment for OBJ. I know that his his value probably bounced a little bit with this news, but at the same time, it's not anywhere near where it was, you know, two years ago. So, um, I think you're still getting value here uh, for OBJ. So, if you can get him, um, I'm not saying like you know go crazy, but uh, if you can get him for a value still, I would I would, I would do that. Yeah, I, w- I would certainly do that. Baker Mayfield has looked mostly mostly pretty good this season. There was the errant throw, and then he went full on Jason Street and uh, injured his shoulder <laughs> trying to, to, to tackle the uh, tackle the defensive back who picked picked him off. <laughs> but but outside of outside of that, Baker's looked pretty good. So we would expect him to to uh, open up with. Uh, Odell pretty quickly. The Bears defense is pretty good. Um, I think they're yeah. somewhere in, somewhere in between where they looked in week yeah. one and week league two. League average somewhere around league, there. league average. Uh, so I'm, I'm not too too concerned about starting in that matchup either. If he is indeed good to go, and then in week four, the Browns have got the Vikings again. Not a, not a matchup that terrifies you from a defensive perspective. So a few good games ahead for, for for Odell Beck, Beckham, and um, if 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 uh, he is in fact. Uh, named active or you know declared active for week three and beyond. Uh, was there any anyone else? I mean, obviously we've had the score of quarterback injuries. We now know uh, Davis Mills is going to start Thursday night football in place of Tyrod yeah. Taylor, who's out with a significant hamstring injury for for a few weeks. Unfortunately, we've got. Oh God. Ty, uh, Ty God, it's all over. And we've got Andy Dalton banged up. Uh, Matt Nagy non-committal over whether Justin Fields is going to start. I think, because- honestly, and I, I think Andy Dalton will have to die before Matt Nagy won't put him on the field. Like, there's going to be some real weekend at Bernie shit, to, and he's going to be prop, propping up Andy Dalton to try and get him out there because of the promise he made to him in the offseason that he would be the starting quarterback for, for the 2021 season. Justin Fields obviously didn't look great. He had some flashes, but he's obviously taken no reps the week before. Hasn't been yeah. involved. Uh, you know, the game plan hasn't been built around him. I like I like Justin Fields as a low end sort of low end QB one, high end QB two play in week three. If in fact he does get the start, because he's got some weapons, but it's the mobility. The mobility gives you everything. Um, in, in for for Russian quarterbacks, unless they're throwing multiple touchdowns a game, and, and Fields has that in spades. I guess the biggest, um, I guess most 
important injury as far as the quarterbacks go is Tua and both Wentz as well. Like, I hate all the Colts options this week if Wentz is and his both both of his sprained ankles can't be out there. <laughs> How do you sprain both ankles? Like, no idea. <laughs> he's oh man, Carson Wentz is such a clo- it's unbelievable. He's like. <laughs> legitimately like one of the best athletes in the world, right? You don't become a mobile quarterback, starting quarterback in the NFL without being a top 1% athlete in the world. But somehow he's still comically able, is able to injure himself at all times. It's really remarkable. <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. Um, and obviously, yeah, the two injury as well um, doesn't look great, but th- they said, you know, the x-rays were negative somehow. That carted off. So uh, Jacoby Brissett's out there. Um, yeah, Jacoby Brissett sucks. <laughs> He's bad. He's so bad, and <laughs> uh, he just he just offers you nothing because he doesn't even have a a little bit of mobility. He's got no. Ben Roethlisberger level mobility now. Yeah, he's like Byron Leftwich out there. <laughs> <laughs> just can't move. Yeah, but he's got a huge arm, and the only person I think that potentially helps. Uh, this week is Will Fuller coming back and, you know, maybe get lucky in a deep league and he connects with Will Fuller on, on a bomb. And I think Will Fuller will help the offense. I think it will help Jalen Waddle underneath, but I'm seriously concerned about starting any Miami pass catcher uh, with, without Tua there. And even if Tua plays, he could be limited. They said that his, you know, what they do with him will be a, you know, a measure of functionality and, and pain tolerance. They'll put a flak jack on him. They'll give it an injection, but the ribs, trying to throw, taking hits. He's probably going to play quite tentative as well. It's just a bit of a mess right now for the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, avoiding if I can. Yeah, I, I I actually do like Zach Pascal this week, though. I know with I think J- Jacoby Brissett can at least lock in on one target, and I think I think it's probably going to be. You mean Eason, Jacob Eason? Jake, Jake, Jacob Eason. Sorry, sorry. I got stuck on the old Colts, Colts backup quarterback, Jacoby Brissett. Yes, I think Jacob Eason. Jacob Eason can, can, can lock in on Zach Pascal. Got a very soft matchup against the Tennessee Titans, who, you know, their defense is absolutely terrible. Let's just take a look here at football outside as DVOA, which is one of my favorite metrics. Past DVOA, we can sort here by uh, rankings, and they're ranked 30th in past DVOA. The Titans are not a good defense. By the way, folks, listeners, Football Outsiders has now made their DVO metrics free again. They put them behind a paywall oh, last year. Thank this, goodness. Yeah, this year you just you just have to have a free account set up and you can access uh, all of their DVOA rankings, offensive, defensive, sorting, and they truly are one of the best measures yeah, of defensive and offensive efficiency, and you can really pass through the the noisy data and, and see which teams have more difficult matchups. I really, really enjoy their metrics. So good news for, for fantasy football players because it's very helpful. And also gambling as well. You, you can really use that to your advantage. Uh, chicken, yeah. Corey, Corey, eyes wide up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Um, anyway, um, let's get into these matchups from, let's from do the it. last week. Um, the first one was obviously the Washington football team versus New York Giants. What, what was your takeaway from that game? Okay, two. I know we're only supposed to do one, but I do have to say something. Daniel Jones was objectively bad in the first half. He was not good, but he was really, really good in the second half. I was impressed with what Daniel Jones was able to do. And, I, you know, of course, the timing. I jumped on the 
NFL Australia uh, Twitter spaces for the halftime hangout. And, you know, I was able to to speak and give my opinion. Of course, I spent my allocated 30 seconds trashing (laughs) Daniel Jones. And my man comes out after the second half and just lights it up, looking like a white version of Lamar Jackson. Just... (laughs) Um, but, uh, yeah, okay, and the, the Washington football team's defense isn't as good as we thought it would be, but Daniel Jones played well, and they really should have won that game. It was Jason Garrett's shitty play calling, clock management, and then it, you know they got lucky getting bailed out on the field goal at the end there. So I thought Daniel Jones played well. More on that later. But my takeaway was Saquon Barkley saw an increased workload again. I think he's getting up to full speed. The offensive line isn't great, specifically in terms of run blocking. But we said in after week one, you can't bench him because he has the propensity to, to pull out a big play. And we saw that. We saw that huge run. If it wasn't Chase Young, who is an absolute genetic freak chasing him down, Saquon houses that. And we're talking about something completely different. Potentially, Saquon Barkley in, in full health houses that as well. But that's the kind of plays that you get out of Saquon Barkley. And the volume is is being added there and I'm very very confident in week three against the Atlanta Falcons in a very very soft matchup very soft matchup um against against the Falcons who you know ranked 27th in rush DVOA and and have given up a truckload of fantasy points to the running back position that the Saquon is gonna is gonna be just fine and in week three you should start him in full confidence he's got 10 days to prepare as well you know he's going to continue to be rehabbing and, and and building up his explosiveness and uh, they're going to be working on their on their run blocking with the with the offensive line. Hopefully, they can pull that a bit together. And certainly, they're not going to be disrupted by the the Atlanta Falcons, who who have got a pretty much non-existent pass rush as, as well. So, uh, better days ahead for Saquon, and I'm excited to. I'll be more than happy to play him in Week Three. All right. As for me, uh, my one takeaway is I'm not going to take a victory. I'm not going to take a victory. Lap it, right? lap it, baby. <laughs> Because I love JD McKissick as much as anyone that anyone that listens to this. The only know. person who loves JD McKissick more is his mother. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> um, but I hope you didn't spend like blow all your fab on him because while this was um I guess a slap in the face to Gibson owners, it was also a usage thing and they was a you know, their hurry up offense and he was in there. And that was just the case. Like, um, you know, that's where he got all his work. And basically that was it. So if there's a silver line to this, Gibson owners, um, as much as you're very um, dreadful to deal with on Twitter, um, (laughs) um, the silver lining is that, you know, McKissick was used just in that package and he just was lucked out on on the situations there. But uh I do think that it might put a thought in Washington's mind. Like, look, this guy produced last year. Look what he did with, you know, just this limited work. Can we mix him in a little bit more somewhere? Oh, no doubt. They like J.D. McKissick. I think he's locked up the two-minute work. I think when they get in that situation, they're going to go to J.D. McKissick because, uh, you know, I think they think he's the better pass catcher. They, they He had the, the, the nice... Uh, deep route that he ran brought that in. That was sweet. The best, and the best thing about that is that just everyone on Twitter just goes, Did just you know, absolutely melted. <laughs> just melted down. Yeah, I. It is. It is what it is. But I think McKissick has real has has standalone value. I thought Tyler Tyler Taylor Heineke looked good as well. 
I think he made some real yeah. big time throws, especially after throwing that absolutely terrible interception. And I will say they ran, could they ran the ball quite well. And on a different day, Gibson gets in for a touchdown as well. Now, as opposed to have one takeaway, we we, we you know there's a lot of yeah, takeaways. Yeah, too long on the Giants. And yeah, yeah, I know, I know. Let's so let's move on now to the Steelers in Las Vegas. What did you? What's your takeaway from from this game? Uh, for this game, I, I look as much as you don't like him, they missed Jacobs. Like their run game was non-existent. Derek Carr put the team on his shoulders and kind of just you know rolled up the Steelers in this one. Um, not much you're going to get from this from Kenyon Drake and Peyton Barber. I guess that's a thing. So uh, yeah, you're not adding not like if I have Drake like. You have to hold him, I guess, but he didn't look particularly good in this game. And you're definitely not adding Peyton Barber. So um might be worth just taking a shot uh, at the Jacobs owner and seeing what he wants for him. Yeah. Look, Jacobs is a better runner of the football than Kenyon Drake, no doubt. But Mike can it, he can juke around all he wants. The reality is that the Raiders' offensive line is dead last in ESPN run block win rate. They just can't run block. And that's going yeah. to limit Jacobs. Uh, and I think Derek Carr has been been so good that he is carrying this offense. And I don't think getting Jacobs back makes the offense a whole lot better, given what we know about the replaceability of running backs. And you know their production is predominantly based off of offensive line play and opposing defensive fronts, with the exception of the absolute most elite running backs. Is he a better runner than Kenyon Drake? Absolutely. Is he more elusive? Yes. Is he more likely to get that one play that moves the chains? Completely. But Drake is there in the passing down situations. But overall, uh, yeah, I just can't trust Josh Jacobs week to week. And me, but I, I can. I can. Sure. So you me. can. All right. All right. You listen to Corey. Let's see. <laughs> My takeaway from this game is that hold tight with Chase Claypool. Better days are ahead. Because the usage has been there, the production hasn't, but he's having seven targets per game. He's fourth in the NFL in air yards. Fourth. We've seen some a lot of players take a lot of air yards this year. Now, no doubt, Big Ben is pretty much dust. Like he looks terrible, but eventually some of these passes are going to connect. And I think they're going to want to manufacture some more touches for Claypool that we haven't really seen the way that they did last year, getting some maybe some carries, some, some sweeps or end arounds. And They've been close to, to, to linking up on the sideline. This week, he gets a juicy matchup against the Cincinnati Bengals. If you've been playing Claypool, don't panic. Keep him in your lineup this week unless you really have a, a, an absolute lock of a better option because the targets have been there. The air yards have been there. The connection will come, particularly against the Bengals who can't rush, uh, rush the passer. Big Ben's going to have time back there, and the, the cornerbacks aren't much to write home about either. Right, and you know Deontay's rolling around on the ground every other play, so there's that too. He's been hanging around with Big Ben way too much. He knows <laughs> he's like, "Hey, Big Ben, can, let let me get a taste of that walking boot. Let me get a taste of that walking boot, Big Ben." Oh man! Uh, All right, we're gonna go with the Eagles and 49ers. What was your um, takeaway from that game? My takeaway is that Jalen Hurts had one of the stone worst passing days he could imagine. Barely completed 50% of his passes, 190 yards, no touchdowns, and he was still the quarterback 10 on the week. That's the kind of rushing floor and upside that we can get from Jalen Hurts. Jalen Rager, my, our guy, was, was a bee's dick away from strolling in for a monstrous touchdown, which changes his day, it changes Hurts' day. Uh, didn't they have a touchdown callback as well? They had a, a touchdown callback. 
I yeah, think if you, if you if you watch that game, you watch the first half, and you're like, "How are the Eagles? How they you know, yeah have no point, barely any points?" Like you're just like yelling at the TV because they got the field goal blocked on that Rieger um, touchdown that came back. Yeah, it's yeah, just, it was, yeah, it was it was brutal. a comedy of errors, but they were able to move the ball well, and yeah, I mean, Hertz will have better days as a passer. He will also have days similar to this. That's just how it is. He's not the most consistent. He's developing. But even when he has bad days, he still finishes as a, as a quarterback one in fantasy with 20 points. Like he didn't he didn't tank you. Whereas your more mobile guys, if the day doesn't work out for them, that that can that can tank your week. With for example, Joe Burrow had a had a nightmare and not the most yep. mobile mobile guy compared to Hertz, and it really it really tanked your week if you played Joe Burrow in week two. Yeah, my takeaway was uh, Jimmy G was not good in this game. Um... Like, I understand, like, he ended up on the stat sheet. Like, if you just look, look at the box scores, like, it's worth. If you got Game Pass, just watch, like, the 40-minute, um, you know, cut, mm-hmm. cut scenes to the game. Like, there's no huddles. You just get to watch all the plays. Like, it's definitely worth it. Um, he was not good in this game. And it might be time to speculatively add Trey Lance in redraft. So, um, if he wasn't drafted, if he's just sitting on, you know, waiver wire, um, it might be worth taking a – taking a look at it if you can spare the roster spot it might be a little bit early for that but um no time like the present <laughs> I, agree. I agree i i was listening to i was listening to a few fancy podcasts this morning i think it might have been jay on this particular bit from jj zacharyson's late round pod but it seemed like uh he, he mentioned that jimmy garoppolo has got the second worst deep ball or second lowest deep ball rate in the nfl they're just not pushing the ball downfield it's all intermediate short area stuff uh, which becomes very predictable i know they don't have a huge deep threat and a lot of their receivers are yards after catch type guys but still trey lance has got a much better deep ball much bigger arm than jimmy garoppolo whether he's able to get up to speed with the offense remains to be seen but if he can and we've heard reports that, you know, he's very intelligent, uh, is, will be able to get a grip of the playbook sooner rather than later. What he adds to the running game, what he adds with his arm strength should take this offense to a whole new level. And hopefully we can get Brandon Ayuk involved because what the hell is going on out there with Brandon Ayuk? It makes me I sick. <laughs> I don't know. I think he got Dante Pettis. No, um, stop it. I, 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 don't, I, I, can't, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. We're moving on to the next right. game. I'm not letting you speak this into existence. We have the Cleveland Browns against the Houston Texans, and the Texans continuing to show they've got some fight. They've got a little bit of pluck about them. They're not going to go down and be a laughingstock of the NFL. The, the, the ownership might want the first overall pick, but everyone on that roster is playing for pride, playing for, playing for victories. Are they going to do a movie like 10 years from now called, I don't know, the National Football League, like Major League, and just have the Texans <laughs> and the owners like wants to move the team. <laughs> Perfect. I think they should do that. Um, yeah, the tie got injury really hurts, um, but I'm still playing Cooks. Um, he still got he got 50 percent target shares <laughs> in this game, so I don't know um, why you wouldn't be playing Cooks. Like he's just been absolute gem so far. So. Especially where you got them in draft, so keep playing Cooks even in this matchup against the Panthers. One hundred percent agree with that. My takeaway: 
Um, very quickly, Derek Henry doing Derek Henry things. Naturally, after the week, we both said we'd be looking to move him on. Just outrageous. But also, he saw a career high in targets. Of course he did. He had an extra like 12 <laughs> points coming from, rece- from receiving work, which he never gets. Just never. Unbelievable, right? He would have. He had a good day, like a really good day, and then that receiving work made it a great day, a slate-winning day. So, congrats, Derek Henry. Obviously, still a great running back. If this usage continues, my concerns about him are completely alleviated because yeah, it's always been about negative game scripts, involvement in the passing game, the Titans playing from behind, their defense stinks. But if that continues, you go, oh, okay, then you know, you could sell Derek Henry for. A million dollars right now, so it is still something I would explore doing. Potentially getting two great pieces back for Derek Henry. I don't know what that trade might look like, but maybe looking at some some buy lows and, and see how we go. But my my number one takeaway from this is just do not panic on AJ Brown and play him in week three. The usage is there. Seventeen targets through through two games. He had a couple of drops, but I'm not concerned about AJ Brown. He's still a very uh, he's still an elite wide receiver, and his his big game is right around the corner. All right. Well, I'm, I'm not concerned. Um, Jacksonville, Denver. Um, I'm concerned about Jacksonville. Um, segue. Urban uh, Meyer is concerned about Jacksonville. <laughs> um, Portland Sutton had a game, though. And that was mm-hmm. very interesting because number one off. graded, number one wide receiver graded by PFF this week. He was an absolute beast. And Teddy Bridgewater is just chucking the ball around like he's leading the league in twenty plus yard completions. Like what's what's happening? This um, doesn't confirm my priors. What's going on? <laughs> so anyway, like Tim Patrick got in the end zone. I think that's kind of what he is. But if anyone had question marks about Cortland Sutton or um, Tim Patrick, I think that's well and truly answered by now. So wait, people um, had questions like who who would it I be? Think, I think they did. Like I think people were like kind of, oh, I don't know if Corlin Sutton's back fully um, because of that week one game. I think he only had one catch for like fourteen yards or something. But um, yeah, that any speculation about that can fully go out the window now. Congratulations so. if you bought low on Colton Sutton. I actually picked up and played Tim Patrick in one league. Worked out for me. He got in the end zone. Um, but I guess guess kind of fluky. I think he only had four receptions or four targets or something like that. So That's the way he is. He's like a Jacoby Myers light. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jacoby Myers light. I don't, I don't mind that. I, I, you know, in deeper leagues, I'll still be looking to play Tim Patrick. But Colton Sutton, lock and loaded. Uh, yeah, top top 15 wide receiver week to week with, with uh, Jerry Judy out. And he could be out for for a little while, old, old Jerry Judy, yeah. unfortunately. Uh, for me, the nice thing to see, the, the usage between James Robinson and Carl, Carlos Hyde started to go the right way. James Robinson had a lot more carries, a lot more snaps, more targets. Uh, the workload was a little bit uh, closer in week one, almost identical in terms of actual touches, weighted opportunity went James Robinson's way, and that gap grew even wider in week two. And I think as the season goes on, Robinson will be used more in the passing game, especially with LaVisca Chenault banged up, who's not having a great start to the season. So really the weapons on the offense, Marvin Jones, wide receiver one, DJ Chark, I think James Robinson is is, is going to end up fulfilling on his ADP as well, assuming he's able to stay healthy. Um, I just want to go back, because we made a mistake, so I was just going to clarify it um you talked about derrick henry 
um, <laughs> during the, the Texans game, but they played Seattle. So, but that's all right. Um, I don't think I don't think you. Oh, did, 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 did I? Um, I wrote. I wrote. I wrote the, yeah, of course they did. But that, we just in the show notes. It's not there. So Tennessee oh, Seattle's not there. Um, that's that's oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone makes bad. mistakes, you know. A little behind yeah. the scenes stuff there. You know, it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's on the fly circle back to that game. Was there anything you know from from the um, Seattle side of the ball you wanted to, to to take away from other than Tyler Lockett is an absolute grown oh ass God. man. He is, and uh, I guess the worry for DK. I don't think you should worry too much yet. I think it will kind of come back, but I think Lockett is. I think they're one A one B type deal, and Lockett has just got that extra time with Russell Wilson, that extra rapport. Yeah, and you just kind of trust them. I think a little bit more in those situations. I think he's just more open. Yeah, he, I think DK probably gets a bit more attention considering where he lines up on the formation as well. But they're seeing similar similar usage, similar volume, and um, it's just the touchdowns that are going Tyler Lockett's way at the moment. His touchdown rate is unsustainable. I'm not sure how long it's going to go for. Like it's your thing, maybe. But it's it's great to see. Long may it continue. But but DK will get his uh, just 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 stay calm. Don't do anything rash. But if you were listening to us during the offseason, we were telling you Tyler Lockett was the wide receiver to draft at their ADPs because of the man melody he has with Russell Wilson. It's constantly undervalued. And then we get into the season and was like, holy shit, Tyler Lockett's good. And then everyone proceeds to forget about that come draft time next season. Uh, all right. So Cleveland Texas game. Yeah, we talked about Brandon right, Cooks Carolina, the Texas game. Carolina, Carolina New Orleans. Yes, yes. We've, we've fixed up that little snafu. Yep. And for the Saints, uh, I don't think you can start any Saints wide receiver right now. And the slipper is truly off Callaway. He's unplayable. And if you can find a better option on the waiver wire, I know a lot of people play in 10-team leagues. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Not everyone plays in the super 32-team leagues like you, Lewis. But... Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, not, everyone, find, not everyone hates themselves like I do. <laughs> you can find a better option on the waiver wire. I'm happy um, to drop Callaway at, at this point. I just there's nothing I can see, especially with Thomas eventually coming back as well. Like that's probably the only Saints wide receiver I want on my roster right now. Yeah, in the IR spot. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. For me, the, the, the takeaway from this game is just to buy Robert Woods. His usage was much more reassuring in week two than week one. His, uh, his targets doubled. Um, well, sorry, which I, I'm reading from the wrong. I'm, I'm, all, I'm all over the place with my notes. However, <laughs> I, I meant to say buy low on Robbie. Buy low on Bobby Trees. That's, that's coming up next. Let me circle back to the, to the right game. Buying low on Robbie Anderson whose targets doubled from week one to week two. DJ Moore is the clear cut number one. There were some questions at the start of the season whether with that new contract. Why, why was that a question? Got... I was so confused by, by why that was a question. Because Robbie Anderson saw a ton of usage and then they gave him a new contract and things like that. But, you know, we remained resolute that DJ Moore was the number one. We like Robbie right. Anderson. We, we liked him. But DJ Moore was always going to be the one. And... Robbie Anderson, I think you can confidently buy low, and this offense looks good. Sam Darnold is looking like the goods. They haven't trailed yet, 
uh, and they've still put up points. They haven't had to dip into the neutral game script situation. So I think Robbie Anderson, better days ahead for him. Don't panic on that. And you should you should start him with confidence going into going into week three um, for the uh, for the Panthers there. Um, and who are the Panthers playing again in in, in uh, week three? Texans. The Texans, of course. Great matchup. Great, great matchup for, for, for any of those pass catchers. So starting with confidence, make sure you get him in your wide receiver spot. It is Thursday night football. Get him out of your flex. Promote him to wide the wide receiver one spot. Get him in there. Uh, yeah. So. Next. Now, now, now we can come on to the Colts Rams game. Thank you. I'm uh, I'm gonna hide these other other, other lines so I, I, I don't confuse myself again. No. <laughs> All right. Now you're gonna talk, you're gonna talk Bobby Trees. So you talk Bobby Trees first. Let me talk Bobby Trees because Cup. And rightly so, has got all the plaudits. He's the wide receiver one. In fact, he's just an absolute monster right now. He's been balling out. Looks fantastic. Him and Robert Woods have got almost identical usage. Routes, uh, targets. Robert Woods, his snap share increased from 75% to 98% in week two. This is a great offense. Cup's usage is unsustainable in terms of the touchdowns. I still think he's probably going to finish as a top eight wide receiver on the year. No qualms about that. He clearly has a connection with Matt Stafford. But Robert Wood's involvement is going to going to uh, increase, and I think it's only a matter of time before we see him have a have a big blow up game as well. So, don't worry about playing Robert Woods in Week Three. Do so with confidence. We've seen his usage trend in the in the right direction. I feel very good about Bobby Trees moving forward. Um, and just a speculative look at Van Jefferson. Um, he's playing tons of snaps um, currently, and. You know, Lewis does love Bobby Trees, but if Bobby Trees yeah. or Cooper Cup, you know, find themselves um, on on the bench just because they're banged up or whatever, um, Van Jefferson is is right there with those guys in in snaps and things like that. So it's just just a watch, really. You know, you, there's some um, league formats that you can put a little flag by the player to mm-hmm. watch. Um, I would definitely watch him because I think I don't think he's owned very much in many leagues, especially redraft. He's not. Um, so just keep a speculative look at um, look out for him um, as the coming weeks. So because I, I really think this offense is in its infancy. Um, I think you know Stafford didn't play any games in the preseason. They're still working out like how they're gonna you know move the ball and work through th- through something. So I think Van Jefferson is someone that you can keep an eye on for now. Yeah, and just in terms of this matchup, Rams in week three going against Tampa Bay Buccaneers, A, hell of a matchup. Look forward to, to watching that. It's going to be a great game. But B, Tampa Bay isn't the same shutdown defense it was last year in terms of the passing game. You can throw on Tampa Bay this year. Their run defense is stout. They grade fifth in run DVOA, but 14th, sort of middle of the pack in, in pass defense. And they will score points on you as well. There's going to be some shoot. It's going to be shootout city, I think, this season. So don't be don't be afraid when you see uh, Tampa Bay in, in the you know, in the little matchup segment of when you're setting your lineup because you can throw on Tampa Bay. Certainly don't be starting uh, – don't, don't be confident about starting your running backs against this defense because up front they're just monsters. But pass catchers, be confident. You should be fine. Um, and they, they who was the cornerback that they lost uh, season-ending injury? They've lo- they lost someone and they're looking at bringing Richard Sherman in who's been unsigned for, for quite some time. So I yeah. uh, can't remember his name, but they've, they've, they've suffered a blow to their secondary. So 
Feel confident starting Cup. Feel start confident starting Woods and playing Matthew Stafford. All right. Dolphins, Buffalo. What a beatdown. Gross. Um, Gross that Marshall life. Um, he got, got in the end zone twice. Um, not much else. <laughs> Devin Singletary scored in this game as well. Yeah. Um, but Zach Moss is kind of the guy that I wanted in the offseason and probably the guy that I'll, I'll just stash for now. And I'm getting worried. I'm not the biggest Josh Allen fan. <laughs> no, but really? I'm, I'm, I'm worried, man. I'm worried for the Josh Allen owners out there. Um, it's been like, it's been fine, but it's not been where, you know, everyone kind of drafted him. So like, if I have Lamar Jackson, I'm a lot happier than having Josh Allen right now. Um, one more week, if he has another subpar game against Washington, I, I, I want to start panicking a little bit. So um, what are your thoughts on Josh? Yeah, I mean, it's the QB 18 on the season right now, which is which is not good. Dak Prescott there is the QB 17. So two highly drafted quarterbacks that have uh, not lived up to expectation so far. Uh, I think... They were able to run the ball so easily on Miami. There was just no need for Allen to, to to do a whole lot. I think Washington should be a bit bit more of a competitive game. They're still throwing the ball at the high rate, but certainly his accuracy has regressed back towards his career average, his yards per attempt, his air yards, all of those, his touchdown rate, all of those things. But we are looking at just a two-game sample as well. I still right, think there's plenty, there's plenty of time for, for Allen to get back up there into the into the top five, top eight of, of quarterbacks. But it is worth keeping an eye on, cause for concern. Potentially, if you can move him on to someone who needs a quarterback and you can get someone back in return that, you know, is going gonna, gonna to bridge the gap, then, then, I would, then I would certainly consider doing so. But it's not, not quite panic stations yet, but the early signs aren't, aren't super, super convincing. All right, tell me, tell me about your Miami pass catchers here. I mean, we think we told you you can't really start any of them except like Will Fuller and Waddle in the absolute deepest of leagues, like 14, 16 team leagues where you're desperate or leagues where you're starting 12, 13 skill position players. Like how can you trust Jacoby Brissett other than maybe Fuller gets gets connected on, on a bomb or Waddle gets a, you know, a, a quick catch in houses or they design a screen for him or something like that. But yeah, no, we're not, we're not, we're not playing any dolphins right now other no, than no. like the running backs. Gaskin. Yeah. Yeah. Play Gaskin. That, that's a, yeah. That's about, that's about it. it. That's about it. All right, let's move on. Uh, New York jets against the Patriots. This was a, a beat down. We, um, we enjoyed this one as Patriots fans. Zach Wilson had a nightmare. <laughs> Did we? I mean, it was on. I, I watched it. I was like, yeah, oh, yeah. But I mean, we beat the Jets. It's, yeah, it's, it's always good to see the Jets. The Jets flounder, especially because yeah, there's been definitely. a lot of talk about them becoming a real NFL franchise. It's like, no, nah, that's not not happening this year. You're still um, XFL level. Um, Michael Carter is someone that if you're if he's not owned, especially in redraft, um, I think he's worth a grab. Um, he looked elusive in this game. He's definitely in a timeshare with Ty Johnson. Uh, Tevin Coleman took a step back this week. Um, but things could change rapidly there. I think, you know, obviously the Jets drafted him in the fourth round. Um, right now, I, I think he looks like a person he's definitely worth adding if you can. Um, I have an article coming out later that he's uh, 
he's on my um, buy list for Dynasty as well. If you can grab him for for a cheaper kind of discount, because I think he was probably what the fourth running back taken in rookie drafts. Yeah, there was a lot of hype about him. Obviously, I think his value has dropped since then. So I, I don't hate it. I think for the rest of this season, at least, given the issues that the Jets have had protecting Zach Wilson, oh, the man. usage the usage is going to come down to who can pass block the best and help. And help. Yeah, that's not going to be them. <laughs> and herein lies the problem, right? So the offensive line has got to get a lot better and the offense has got to get better before I'm starting any Jets running back. But having said that, when we get into like week six, week seven, and all of these injuries keep piling up, then yeah, I'm uh, I'm probably you know you're probably going to be forced into playing some of these guys, throwing the bye weeks in there, and all of a sudden Michael Carter as a flex play might start to look a little bit interesting. Yeah, exactly. All right, we had the Bears against Cincinnati, and you know the Bears Bears got a good win here. The Bengals were 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 poor. The Chicago Bears defense stepped up. What was your big takeaway? Oh, uh, I got a buy low on Allen Robinson. He was out snapped mm-hmm. and out targeted in this game, um, but surely we'll see, you know, field soon enough. You would think, and Robinson just missed um, missed another touchdown in this game as well. Um, kind of was it? It was you know, it was a, it was a tougher catch, but um, you you kind of expect that from your whatever was he making that twenty million dollar receiver? Twenty million dollars, so? your franchise tagged wide receiver. Yeah, yeah, you right. Do. So, but I think he's he's a little bit of a buy low right now because I think obviously as a fantasy owner, you're not thrilled with the Allen Robinson production so far. No, no, you're not. I've, it feels like Allen Robinson though is eternally a buy low because people just undervalue his his production. Yeah. He's not on a sexy team. Hopefully, Justin Fields starts. My takeaway from this is just Matt Nagy is a clown. He's a straight up clown. The fact that Allen Robinson isn't always leading the team in in snaps and targets is an outrage. Although we, I do like Darnell Mooney, and the fact that after the game he's non-committal to to Justin Fields when it's clear that Andy Dalton's just been mangled up and is going to be even less mobile than he usually is. Now, don't get me wrong. There wasn't much to like about Justin Fields, but I don't... You have to go through those. Yeah, you have to go through those growing pains anyway. Sure, sure. And also, I don't think... I don't know if we talked about this at the top of the show or maybe just before we were recording, but either way, Justin Fields would have taken barely any starters reps, if any, during practice. The game plan was not tailored for him. Uh, This is... Give them a week, put things in place for fields, let them get reps with the first team, let them get on the same page, let them understand the protections, all of those kind of things. And you go, okay, maybe Justin Fields has got a shot and he will be better for this offense because Dalton hasn't pushed the ball downfield. He's not mobile. What are you doing, Bears? Like you're one and one. You're not a playoff team. So just just play Justin Fields. Yeah. Trade Andy trade trade Andy Dalton to the Colts. I don't want to talk about Andy Dalton anymore. All right, moving on. <laughs> and we're moving on. <laughs> Tampa Bay, Atlanta. Um, start all your Buccaneers, basically. Forever and always. All the receivers. That's my, that's my takeaway. Start them all. Antonio Brown busted this week, but he'll be back next week. Like This is this is fancy football. You will have some guys that have, have up and down weeks, but Tampa Bay is throwing the ball. They're throwing touchdowns. Tom Brady looks incredible. Play Gronk every week. If you got him as your tight end one, congratulations. If you got him as your tight end two, congratulations even more because <laughs> what 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 a value. Mike Evans, big bounce back spot, as we told you, uh, would, would happen. Chris Godwin got in the end zone. There'll be better days ahead for, for AB like we saw in week one. Just, 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 yeah. 
hold the line, play the pass catches. Interesting note. Um, I picked up Carter L. Patterson in a couple places. Looks like the Falcons are just all in on CP right now. They're just like, we're yeah. going to design the offense the, totally around The you. offensive weapon. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And you love to see it. They need to get a spark from somewhere. CP it only can, took 10 years for him to get can, that, can, that role. Can do that. Can do that. Remember, what he, man, he was, I loved when he was on the Patriots. Such a great kick returner. I remember, I was actually, I can't remember who we were playing. It might have been the Buffalo Bills. And it was around Halloween in 2018, I think. Yeah, it would have been around. And and he was the starting running back because everyone was hurt. And it was, I was like, I was so excited. I've watched it on some (laughs) shitty TV in a tiny hotel in in LA. I was like, yes, Cordero Patterson running back for the Patriots. It was so good. Um, Um, What a weapon. Yeah, just just keep that note. Um, I think it's very interesting. I think if you're ranking, um, not a big rank, ranker guy but uh you know there would be very close mike davis and him in the rankings this week so no doubt no doubt about that arizona against the minnesota vikings what was your big takeaway from this game um man i think kj osborne's gonna be a thing i mm-hmm. think because Looks of, the, like lack a thing. of the lack of um tight end like they didn't have rudolph there um i mean they do have a tight end in conklin but they're not really throwing it to him. They're running a lot of three wide receiver sets. Um, and KJ Osborne looks like an actual guy that you mm-hmm, need mm-hmm. to make sure you keep keep aware of if you're not adding him and just stashing him on the bench for now. Um, I do think he's probably usable once bye weeks come through. So we'll see how, yeah, if he can continue yeah. this until that point. But I think KJ Osborne is, is someone that you can um, definitely have as a bench stash for now. Yeah, and certainly don't be looking necessarily at his yardage and touchdowns every week, but just keep an eye on his snap share, his route participation. And as you said, those bye week comes along or if Thielen or Jefferson get banged up, then he is very much in play. Thielen's been great this season, had another good game this week. He just got that mind meld again with Kirk Cousins, who is who is dealing. Kirk Cousins is dealing at the moment. You love to see it. My takeaway from this game is play Rondell Moore. Freak athlete can turn nothing into a lot not something he can yeah, manufacture he things into it's everything pure electricity his involvement massively increased from week one to week two he's taking plays away from christian kirk and then he's playing the jacksonville jaguars which is just an absolute smash spot bottom three defensive dvoa in, in terms of pass defense start him up fire rondell Moore up in week three if he's on your waivers he should have been picked up in in this week's waiver run but if yeah, somehow rondell Moore is a free agent Make sure you go and get him. Make sure you go and get Rondell Moore and get him into your starting lineups because this offense is electric. It's one of the best in the league. They run one of the highest pace of plays. They play three wide receivers pretty much more than anyone. This is this is an offense you want to part of. Kyler Murray's dealing. Rondell Moore is electric. And stories coming out now that Kyler Murray was sending cut-ups to Steve Kine yeah, yeah, during right. the. I was like, okay, like it's a fun story, but clearly <laughs> Kyler Moore, Kyler Murray likes him, and they do have a bit of a bit of a connection as well. So uh, he's going to be the wide receiver too very, very quickly because even though he scored a touchdown, you know, AJ is definitely on the, on the down, downside of his career and, and Christian yeah, Kirk is, 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 is good, but, but Rondell Moore is just something different. For sure. Uh, this Chargers-Dallas game. Um, Such a fucking letdown, man. This game could have been electric. Yeah, a lot of penalties, so many touchdowns taken away. There's a lot of interesting calls by the refs, but... Um, 
if you have Pollard right now, it would feel nice, but I just don't know when you start them. And I'm playing him. I'm playing him. Okay, you're playing flex. him. Flex. So. He's a flex. He's a flex. Like this is a. Like, this is this a full is, on committee. Are we there? I don't think it's. A, I don't think it's a full on committee, but it's like a 65-35, and I think Pollard has more involvement in the passing game, which are those high leverage, high, high volume touches. Oh, sorry, high value touches. Zeke is still going to get the run between the tackles. He's going to get the goal line carries, etc. Yeah. Um, but uh, again, I think it was JJ Zacharyson. No, it was Matthew Berry. It was the fantasy fantasy focus show um, that likened it to the Aaron Jones Jamal Williams split in Green Bay under Mike McCarthy, where Aaron Jones was getting the majority of the carries, but but Jamal Williams was very much playable on a week to week basis in the flex. And if he gets a touchdown, that's gravy for you in that week. And I think that's sort of sort of how it's looking. The difference is Zeke's costing them like thirty million dollars against the cap next year, and Tony Pollard's <laughs> yeah, yeah. getting paid like eight dollars. <laughs> what was your takeaway from the Chargers receivers? Mike Williams is the truth, baby. You got to play him every single week. He is being used in uh, optimal situations. They're designing plays specifically for him. He's no longer being used just as a nine route guy. He's running the full route tree, playing that big X receiver role. He's leading the team in target share. Keenan Allen still still love him. Keep going with Keenan Allen, who's yet to score a touchdown as well. That's going to change. Keenan Allen's got some positive touchdown regression coming his way. But Mike Williams is going to be turning out to be one of the best discounts in fantasy this year. Love Mike Williams. Hopefully he can stay healthy because that's been a knock on him for his whole career since coming into the NFL. But really, great you know, great pedigree coming in, showed lots of talent, and now he's got a quarterback with he has got time to throw and an offensive coordinator who wants to use him in a creative way. So wheels up for, Keen, uh, for, for uh, Mike Williams. All right, in Baltimore, Kansas City, uh, my takeaway from this game is that Tyson Williams is the only back I'm keeping on my roster right now. Everything Correct. Else is, everyone else is droppable for me, even Latavius Murray. I know he got into the end zone, but you can't rely on that week to week. Um, Tyson Williams actually looked um, better in this game. He actually didn't just grab the ball from Lamar every time. Um which he's learning. He's, in, he's, he's, yeah, he's, he's improving. The only, I completely agree with your sentiment. Tyson Williams is the guy. He's the running back. I want to have, I'm not dropping Latavius Murray only because if something happens to Tyson, it's next man up and Latavius Murray is going to step into a big workload. Devonte Freeman had a nice run, but that's going to last two weeks before his legs start it's to just, crumble again. Latavius, Latavius looks slow. Um, yeah, like yeah. I, it's just like it's just kind of plotting. But I, I just, I just, I just wouldn't drop him. Like he's just gonna sit yeah. there in my unless I'm in like a super shallow bench league. But I'm happy to just keep him there. He's not gonna sniff my starting lineup unless something happens to to Tyson or things get really, really desperate yeah. in in bye weeks and injuries. But completely agree. Tyson Williams is the guy. Hope you got him off waivers because he's gonna he's gonna score some fantasy points this year for sure. All right, quickly try to sell me on this Ch crap. <laughs> It's not crap. Like, he's not going to be like I'm all kidding, of a sudden. To, I know, I know, I know, I know. But he's not going to end up being like the running back one or even like a high end running back one or anything like that. It's just right now what he was drafted for was his pass catching attributes, set SEC records, and the Kansas City Chiefs have got the stone lowest rate of targets to the running back position at the moment. It's historically low going back to 2014, according to JJ Zacharyson. They're targeted running back position just eight percent of the time. Not only that. Edward Delaire back in August suffered a, an ankle injury. It was a, an ankle sprain or a high ankle sprain, but they said the timetable was going to be you know a few weeks. It was back to full health, so he might still be getting some confidence back in that ankle. 
running the ball is not going to be a priority this offense ever. Their defense absolutely stinks. So Edwards Alaire fantasy value is going to come through the air. And I just think typically what we've seen with Andy Reid and what we've seen with the Chiefs in the last couple of years, their running backs will be involved a bit more moving forward. Mikol Hardman starting to carve out some snaps and targets, but it's still the Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey show. There's just a few more targets to go around. And I think Alaire ends up grabbing some of those targets are a girl's best friend in fantasy football. They're worth 2.74 times the value of a carry. And he's got a great matchup against the LA Chargers, who've been soft against running backs so far this season. I think better days are ahead for Clyde edwards Zilaire. Potentially a bit of a buy low if someone's frustrated with like the eight points you've got out of him this year. So, yeah, so I, I, I'm not like pounding the table to be like, this guy's a necessary a league winner, but I do think better days are ahead. Hold on to him if you drafted him unless someone comes and makes you a, a, a very good offer, which is which is unlikely. And let's move on to the final game, Monday Night Football, Packers, Lions. Corey, final takeaway. Let's 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 wrap this up. Um, if it's not Devontae or Jones and possibly Tanyan, that's it for fantasy options on the Green Bay Packers. Done and dusted. Yeah, man. AJ um, Dillon, do stone not, dead. You can't play him. Do not wasting time or roster space on any of these guys. Um, you know, all these secondary receivers. Yep. No, I don't have any time for him. I agree. I agree. I thought Dylan, right. We've got a great matchup against the Lions. They're going to score, put a bunch of points on them. They're going to run the ball, salt out the clock. And Dylan had like five touches or something. Like just, just no fantasy value. Uh, while, yeah. while Aaron Jones is healthy. I don't think he's droppable because if Aaron Jones gets injured, as he's inclined to do from time to time, even just a one-week fill-in, you've got low-end running back one, high-end running back two potential just off of usage and offensive output. But Aaron Jones is very much the guy and had a league-winning performance on Monday Night Football. Uh, and yeah, that's, that was my takeaway from this game. Uh, I completely agree with you. So that's it for the wrap-ups and, and sort of the, the look forward to week three. Let's quickly do our quarterback streaming, tight end streaming, and get on out of here. I am sad to announce that Corey won both <laughs> matchups this week. Convincingly in the quarterback column, I went with Jameis Winston at the Panthers, netted me a measly 10.2 fantasy points. Corey went with Tyrod at Cleveland, and despite him playing one half of football, still got him 16 fantasy, 16.5 fantasy points. He was the winner there. I went with Gerald Everett against the Titans. Ran lots of routes, played lots of snaps, just didn't get any targets. One catch for three yards, so 1.3 fantasy points. Corey didn't fare much better, but still came away with the win with a monstrous 3.5 points from, from Tyler Conklin against the Cardinals. So I think better days ahead for both of us in terms of our matchups and what we got. But Corey gets the double win this week for week three. My quarterback matchup is going to be... Danny Dimes, Danny Dollar at Atlanta. We've told you how bad the Atlanta defense is. We've told you Daniel Jones is the white Lamar Jackson. He's running the football. <laughs> They've got designed runs. He's looked better. He looked better. I, well, I don't Fran expect Tarkenton, this honeymoon. Maybe. <laughs> 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 and I don't expect this to, to continue necessarily, but I think he's got a great matchup this week. And I think he's in a, in a good spot to, to post another top 10 finish. Who have you got this week? Corey, I got I got Teddy versus the Jets. Um, Teddy Teddy Bridgewater has been very good so far this year mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. against this Jets um, defense, which looked better against the Patriots, but 
Teddy Bridgewater is a professional quarterback that's seen a lot of things in his life. So I, I feel like he can he can tear this defense. Has <laughs> he been to war? Teddy's seen some shit. <laughs> Teddy's seen some shit. Teddy's Teddy's been to Nam. He saw some shit. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, I got Teddy in this one. I like that. I like that call. Tight ends. It is gross out there, especially doing this 50, the 50% cutoff. It is really, really gross. But I'm going with a guy tied to Daniel Jones. He's coming back from an injury, expected to play in week three. I hope he plays, otherwise it's going to net me a big fat zero. But it's Evan Ingram against the Falcons. The talent is there. He is a receiver lining up at the tight end position. The, tight, the, the, the Falcons have given up a bunch of three touchdowns in two games against the tight end. They're an exploitable matchup, so... Yeah, give me Evan Ingram against the Atlanta Falcons. I'm going for safety and points here with Blake Jarwin um, against the Eagles. He's had three catches each of the last two games. Uh, That could be enough to win this. (laughs) It might be. Um, Just going safety and numbers. So I'm taking Blake Jarwin against the Eagles. Nice. I like it. I like it. Uh, I think that's everything, man. We're coming up to the hour mark. Again, we managed to get through all of the games. We're doing well. I think as we get the bye weeks come in and we have a bit more time, we'll look to get some other segments in the show, but we like to keep it tight, like to try and keep it around the hour mark. Was there anything else you wanted to add before we get on out of here? No, like once again, like if there's something that you want us to add or want to talk about, um, just let us know. Or, yeah, we'd love you know, to hear feedback. Our mentions are always open, so you know, just, just give us a shout-out and we'll definitely take it into account. No doubt, no doubt. Um yeah, make sure you follow the Vault Studio on all the social medias, uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all those good places. Just search the Vault Studio Podcast Network. You'll be able to find them. Subscribe. If you're on iTunes, please give us a five-star rating and review. It helps other people find the podcast. You also get access to all the other awesome shows, the NFL show, College Football Down Underboys, who are just churning out great content every single week. So be sure to get into all of the shows in the Vault Studio rotation, the Vault Studio family, as it were. Thank you to Burnley Brewing, who are the sponsor of the Vault Studio Podcast Network. Shout out to them. Corey, have you got your beers from Jay? Where's my package? No. <laughs> Where's our package? A week ago, we saw him box it up. It's not arrived. <laughs> Having said that, it's probably doing a fucking six-week quarantine at the WA border. <laughs> McGowan's like, no packages. <laughs> That's probably true. <laughs> so you'll get, you'll I'll get, get your I'll beer. I'll get half of it. I'll get half of it, be like. You'll get your beer eventually. (laughs) And then finally, (laughs) vaultstudio.com forward, no, patreon.com forward slash the vault studio. Sign up to our Patreon, support the podcast. It's a couple of bucks a month. For the higher tier, you can get in the monthly Patreon draw where we're giving away signed merchandise, helmets, jerseys, and boxes of Burnley beer that actually gets mailed to you, unlike unlike poor Corey, who's sat there thirsty, thirsty (laughs) in Perth, waiting, waiting for his beers. Uh, but it really does go a long way to supporting the studio and you have a really good chance of uh, getting some sweet merchandise, which Jay has been been hoarding. There's lots of signed mini helmets, jerseys, you name it, we've got it. And as the number of patron, patrons increases, the number of prizes each month gets given away. So your odds always stay there or thereabouts with a chance to win. That's a monthly break that JA takes care of. But for now, I was Lewis. That's Corey. We're going to get on out of here, but everyone, thanks for listening, and we will catch you next week.